Sports Nerds. ESPN Plus, the ESPN app. You won't see a team play worse than my team played yesterday. The New York Jets' performance yesterday was an embarrassment. You, you hired somebody that doesn't even understand what an SC Trojan is all about. Like, stop! Hi, I'm Brian Barnhart, voice of the Fighting Illini, and this is your home for Fighting Illini Sports. 98.9, the game. And now, broadcasting live and local, from the 98.9 The Game Studios in Effingham, Illinois, it's the starting lineup with Travis Sparks. I'll ride with the Wolves. I'll run with the Wolves. I'll run with the Wolves. And Eric Fry. Why are all the fingers getting pointed at me? It's the starting lineup on 98.9 The Game. What's up out there? Welcome in to another edition, to another day of the starting lineup here on 98.9 The Game ESPN Radio. How's everyone doing out there? Welcome in to the 98.9 at Jack FM Studios. Travis Sparks alive here with you and no Eric Fry today, so it's just going to be me flying a solo Still got a good show lined up for you coming up. We're going to be talking to some local sports as always and what happened last night, all the boys basketball, what girls game did squeeze in there. So we'll hit up on that score as well and we'll get you set for what's happening tonight. Only a few things happening this evening, of course. It's a Wednesday, so usually a slow day for local sports and we'll take a look at what is going on also. We'll hit up on uh, some uh, national sports, of course, uh, from last night. Was there something that happened in the NBA last night? Hmm, we might get to that here in a little bit. Also, uh, we'll uh, take a look at some NHL, also some uh, college basketball as well. And also there was an interesting uh, thing that I saw yesterday about uh, Major League uh, Baseball and a possible uh, division realignment or um, uh, league realignment, I guess you would say, uh, there in case uh, Major League Baseball is doing what they uh, want to do eventually and that's to have some more uh, teams into the mix and have a couple of expansion teams. And I thought that was pretty interesting. So I might take a look at that and I might even get to that here in uh, the regular show. But uh, we'll see what happens. But of course, whatever I don't get to here, in the treasure hour get to in the podcast in some sort of a fashion of course you can find that podcast wherever you find your favorite pods iTunes, Spotify, our website, fmradio.com. Don't forget to, to uh, go over and give us a, a like there on Facebook, the Star Lineup, 989 The Game. Also, give us a follow on Twitter. Look us up uh, there, Star Lineup, 989. And also, hit me up on uh, my Twitter as well. And also, all those uh, good, wonderful pl- 
platforms as well. And when you're uh, listening to there and downloading the podcast, why don't you rate and review as well? The podcast certainly helps us out a lot. So uh, the starting lineup, of course, would not be possible without McMahon Meets, Tingley Insurance Agency, Wet Pools and Spas, Worth Computer Repair, and at the top of the state of Bake. We appreciate uh, those uh, fine folks for coming along on the ride with us. So, uh, all right, I'm flying solo here today, so we'll see how this goes, and we'll see what I can get to. And also, it's something happened in the NFL uh, this weekend. I'll talk about that. And also, Eric is not here, but he uh, did give me some audio to uh, play for his NASCAR countdown as we're counting down to Daytona Top 75 moments in NASCAR history thanks to the uh, 75th anniversary of uh, NASCAR this season. So uh, we'll uh, hit up on that, and we'll see what he's got in store for the next five in his uh, countdown coming up a little bit later in the uh, podcast. So uh, that is what's on tap. So uh, I need to get going, and uh, let's get it started, and let's get it started with First Things First. Before we get into the show. First things first. Westbrook to James at the elbow. James turns. The crowd wants it. James free throw line. James Fade. Jumper. Good! NBA history in Los Angeles. LeBron James. A record that had stood for almost four decades. Now belongs to the king. 38,389 points and climbing and with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar here in attendance to pass the baton LeBron James is the NBA's new all-time scoring king that's right and that is the significance of last night in the NBA LeBron James is now the all-time leading scorer passing Kareem and it was nice to see that Kareem was in the building last night scoring tickets to that one and it happened and I really am kicking myself for what he was only 30 some points away and I'm really kicking myself for not putting some entertainment on this because you knew it was going down you knew it was going to happen last night especially with everything that comes out uh, him doing the interview with uh, Mike Wilbon and it happened last night and Kareem was in attendance both uh, Bronny was in attendance and his other son as well and this occurred with about a 10 uh, some seconds left in the uh, third quarter and then uh, what was funny was that they uh, stopped the game uh, not only for the uh, celebration of uh, just uh, LeBron's accomplishment but uh, they stopped the game for quite some time to have a ceremony there it's like well we could have probably saved this ceremony for you know Kareem to come out and kind of hand the ball off to LeBron and LeBron to say a few words there we could have saved that for the end and now obviously uh, the end probably would have been a little subdued as yes if you want to throw this out there and put this caveat on it the Lakers did end up losing the game 133 to 132 the Thunder last night but at the end of the day sure they did lose the game but I'm not gonna dog on the Lakers that especially on a day like today. I'm not going to dog on LeBron uh, here today as uh, he was only uh, uh, 36 points away from breaking Kareem's record, and he got 38 last night. He did a 13 of 20 shooting. 
We know what Tinseltown is. You know when it's a big moment. We got to give LeBron the ball. And just like in Kobe's last game, I'll let him shoot it 60 times. It's Kobe's last game. So uh, that's what they did. And he had a record performance in his last game. And, you know, LeBron needed the 36. And we needed to get him there tonight. And uh, that's exactly uh, what they did. And, hey, I did see that video and that celebration of uh, it was a video behind the Lakers bench. Did you see that? of the Lakers bench pretty much exploding. Everyone except for Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis, meh, I guess he got the career record. Eh, boring. <laughs> he was just sitting on the bench and didn't really have any uh, reaction at all to it at all whatsoever. So I thought that the ceremony there in the middle of the game and uh, stopping the game pretty much was kind of ridiculous. But, uh, hey, the re the record is not ridiculous at all. And uh, congratulations to the King, LeBron James, here. And uh, Eric, he has uh, weighed in on the conversation. So uh, he is not here with me in studio, but he has some opinions uh, to throw his way and throw his two cents in to really this debate of the day. And then after we play this audio from Eric, I'll get into this and I'll get into what I think about what's going on today. Even though I am not there in studio with Travis today, I did want to weigh in on the LeBron James record. First of all, congratulations. It's a big accomplishment. Now, with that being said, again, LeBron had the added legacy of the three-point line. And for the people who are saying this ends the argument, LeBron is the greatest ever, no, it does not. Because, again, I will say LeBron has been 0-6, or not 0-6, but he has six losses in the NBA Finals. MJ never lost in the Finals. MJ, more MVPs than LeBron. A Defensive Player of the Year award. Some scoring titles as well. So, I again, there is no argument for me. LeBron is still second best. He's a great second, without a doubt, but he is still second best to MJ, who, by the way, MJ averaged more points per game for a shooting guard than any other shooting guard in history. So he may not have the total career points again because he took the time off. If he didn't take those two to three years off when he quit playing, he probably is right up there with uh, LeBron as well. So to me, I think that MJ is still the greatest. If you're telling me I have one possession to win a game, I'm going with MJ every time over LeBron. LeBron, like I said, he's great. He's the best second there is, but he's still just second best. So, sorry, LeBron. No matter what you do, you cannot escape that from me. So, there you go. That's uh, me weighing in my two cents on LeBron and his record-breaking accomplishment. Great accomplishment. Record we thought would never, ever stand. Kareem is super happy for him as well. The shot he did it on and the picture I've seen circulating on social media is a great one. But, again, He's still not the GOAT. The GOAT will always be MJ. No one is running around with a song saying, like Braun. I want to be like Braun. No, they're all saying, like Mike. That was the song. I, LeBron's shoes are not breaking records for, you know, how often they're selling. It's not happening. The, those are MJs. Those are Air Jordans. I mean, it's an entire company behind Michael Jordan. There's not an entire LeBron company. You don't hear Air LeBron out there right now. So for me, again, it will always be MJ. MJ is a cultural phenomenon, more so than LeBron James. He tried his hand with the whole Space Jam thing. Didn't work out. I know he's got a new movie where people are watching his house and they're having a house party. Doesn't matter, LeBron. You're still going to be second best to MJ in every conceivable way. So there you go. That is my two cents on LeBron breaking the scoring record uh, from Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Great accomplishment, still second best. 
Stop it. People, stop it. LeBron James, crowning achievement. What more can this guy do? And I know that I am personally on a, kind of on the same argument here with uh, Eric here. I kind of lead towards my goat big Jordan. But stop it, people. This is nuts. This is insanity that on the day after LeBron James breaks the all-time leading scorer record. He is still getting poo-pooed on, and he is still oh, considered a second best. This whole Jordan and MJ, uh, Jordan and LeBron debate, it's great for any other day. I'm not here for it on the day after LeBron breaks the all-time leading scoring record. You know what? This is it. And I know that it's good canon for a sports radio like ourselves and good canon for first take and everything. But I'm just not here for it today. Not after LeBron breaks the record last night and do what he did. His crowning achievement, what he has done is great may never we may never see it ever again we probably will because people probably didn't think that they would break Kareem's record but this is just ridiculous this is ludicrous that we're having this conversation today that we're saying oh you know LeBron you're a great scorer but you're still second best to Jordan and it never will you'll never be greater than him stop it people please stop it Has anyone received any more hate than LeBron James in the last decade or in the 20-plus years and really since the rise of social media, the social media era is what I would call it? No one has been more scrutinized and criticized than LeBron James. Has he brought it on himself? Yes, but he also has said that everyone holds against him the decision to go to Miami and the way that he did that. Okay, he has said and went on record as saying that he regrets doing that. If he would go back in time, he would do it all over again, and he would do it differently. He knows that he messed up, and he knows that that's a big black eye on his resume and leaving Cleveland in general. He knows that, but guess what? He still went back to Cleveland, and he still did what he wanted to do, and he still won a championship uh, there, whether you want to claim that the bubble championship in L.A., was legitimate or not, but I'm not here for that debate today. I'm here to celebrate LeBron, and I'm here to just people stop it. Let's this whole debate is is great, and it's kind of toxic on social media. It's like yes, you know, MJ was great, LeBron is great. That's it. Case closed. It's one and two as far as I'm concerned between them two. Whether you put Jordan first or you put LeBron first, it doesn't matter. These are the two best players of all time, and I'm not here for who's number one and who's number two on today when LeBron assists the all-time leading scorer record. I'm just not here for it, and I'm really kind of sick of this whole debate or whatnot. If you consider Jordan the GOAT, great. If you consider LeBron the GOAT, great. They're both great players, and LeBron, he did it in more ways than one. He's a great scorer. He's a great assister, as he's like, what now, fourth all-time in assists now. His game has evolved ever since he got into the NBA. First off, he was just a scorer in the aspect of he goes to the rim a lot. He has evolved into a better shooter, and he has developed his three-point shot later on in his career as the game itself within LeBron's tenure in the NBA. 
This man has been scrutinized ever since he was in high school. He wore the number 23, so he brought it on himself of uh, being compared to Jordan. Jordan never had anyone to be compared to because there was no one like uh, Jordan. But LeBron has always been in the shadow of Jordan, both in his doing and in other people's mind, in his doing of being on the cover of Sports Illustrated. I think that was one huge thing in his high school career, being on the cover uh, there. So he's kind of put some pressure on himself in that aspect and also jumping from high school and then also being a part of Space Jam and whatnot. So uh, I just am not here for this criticism and comparing MJ and LeBron today on uh, LeBron's crowning achievement. And guess what? LeBron is still going to keep playing. He's going to be playing for a couple more years, and he is going to uh, play with his son, Bronny. And that's something that Jordan never did. And no one has ever done that in the NBA, never played as long as LeBron has to play with their son. And it's going to be glorious. And I can't wait to see LeBron throw an alley-oop to Bronny or Bronny throw an alley-oop to LeBron wherever they are, whether that's in L.A. or some other team. Maybe that expansion team in Vegas, they can get started and they can be the number one pick for Bronny. But it's going to be glorious. And I'm just not here for the MJ and LeBron debate today. I think it's absolutely ludicrous that we're doing this to LeBron. And, you know, like I said, if you consider LeBron the GOAT, great. If you consider consider MJ the, the GOAT, great. No, we're not wrong in that aspect. And that's the thing about social media is that we always have to, our opinions always have to be right. And guess what? That's our opinions. It doesn't have to be right. So uh, that's just what not what I'm here for uh, today. Congratulations uh, to uh, LeBron on being the all-time leading scorer, uh, now passing uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar last night. And whoever you consider the GOAT, whether it's MJ or LeBron, you're not right or wrong, and it's just your opinion. And it's great cannon fodder for us on uh, sports radio. But at the end of the day, we should just step back and appreciate greatness. And also there towards the end, he talked about that picture uh, when LeBron hit the shot. And it, can we just say, like, look at this. Look at all of these phones that are out. There's one guy in the front row. There's old guy. I think his last name was Knight. He was the only one that was living in the moment there. There is that one security guard that's still doing his job and not with his phone out. But uh, he's the only one in the front row without his phone. And one of the few people that have what has happened to society. Now, I know that back in the day with the whole flash bulbs, I remember, uh, you know, when McGuire hit his 62nd home run all those flash bulbs that happened that night in st louis and i know that's the way today of uh, people capturing photographs is on your phone but my thing is with photographs are you taking those photos uh, to remember the moment by or are you taking the video to remember the moment by or are you doing it for clout on social media there are two different things uh, about that and if you're posting it to snapchat guess what that snapchat that's going to expire in 24 hours and then it's not going to act like it's even going to happen. So uh, I'm fine for saving the moment for future years. There are plenty of moments that I would love to have taken a video, but instead I lived in the moment and I just took it all in. For example, when Albert Pujols returned for the first time to St. Louis, uh, when he came back in uh, an angel uniform, I was there that night. I gave him a standing ovation. So not only did I not take a video because I was giving him a standing O, but also I just wanted to enjoy the moment and be there and be present and feel the crowd and what a reaction that was when LeBron hit that shot. I haven't heard a reaction quite like that in the NBA for quite some time. So, uh, hey, Tinseltown, Lakers, 
there's some casual fans out there and uh, they showed up last night and they gave him quite the explosion and it was quite a, a nice moment for a LeBron and now the all-time leading scorer in NBA history point blank period that is the end there and uh, who cares who your goat is because I'm not here for it on the day after LeBron has his crowning achievement uh, here in the NBA so uh, LeBron breaks the record but the Lakers still lose, but no one will remember that on the record books. So uh, let's step away and uh, let's come back to return to uh, some uh, local sports. And that's what I'm talking about coming up next. We'll be right back to the starting lineup on 98.9 The Game. We need to figure out what we're going to talk about the next segment. Knock. Who's there? You know what? Why bother asking? I think you know who's there. It's one of two guys. It's the pizza guy or it's the Chinese food guy. Because those two guys are the only guys who deliver. Am I right? Well, the food delivery guys are not the only ones that will deliver. Having computer problems and need help? Worth Computer Repair can help with everything from cleanup, virus removal, printer installation and hookup to a complete computer setup. And they'll come to your home. If they have to take it with them, they'll offer you a loaner so you won't skip a beat on the World Wide Web. Worth Computer Repair. Call 618-292-1002. Basement with a Y. That's basement E. It's basement T. Right. Basement T. You know, Woods Basement Systems. They're the best. Basement T. I get it. That's the basement waterproofing and foundation repair experts at Woods Basement Systems. Woods is the highest rated, most reviewed experts for all things basement T. Get your free estimate with Woods Basement Systems and dry up that wet basement and fix that cracked foundation. Go to WoodsBasementSystems.com. For your peace of mind. That's WoodsBasementSystems.com. Sherwin-Williams in Effingham is looking for 20 hardworking, dedicated individuals to fill our open warehouse technician positions on second and third shift. We have an excellent starting pay rate of $23.38 per hour, plus a $1,500 sign-on bonus. We have a competitive benefits package to offer, including up to 16 paid days off within your first 12 months, and health insurance options as low as $23.76 biweekly. Apply online anytime at Sherwin.com slash Effingham. Sherwin-Williams is an equal opportunity employer for all protected statuses, including veteran and disability. Get in zone, AutoZone. Welcome to AutoZone. What are you working on today? Oh, want better visibility to get you through the winter? A new pair of premium wipers can help. Right now, you can earn a $10 bonus reward when you buy a pair of Rain-X Quantum Wiper Blades. See better and stay safe on the road all winter long. Get the parts you need when you need them at AutoZone or AutoZone.com. Get in zone, AutoZone. Restrictions apply. Offer available to AutoZone Rewards members. It's the final days to save big store-wide at the Truckload Event at Lowe's. Right now, get deals on select major appliances and take home what you buy same day. And save an additional 10% on all in-store clearance appliances. Plus, get savings on even more items across the store, like up to 40% off select bathroom products. Hurry and head to your local Lowe's store or visit Lowe's.com to shop the Truckload Event today. Exclusions apply. While supplies last, selection varies by location. See Lowe's.com for details. Valid 126 through 28. Why do challenge flags only exist in football? Think how useful they'd be in real life. Like when you're positive it's not your turn to walk the dog. Challenge flag. The neighbor's kid says it wasn't their ball that dented your car door. Challenge flag. Your friend paid you back, but you definitely don't remember that. Boom. Challenge flag. Imagine settling a disagreement with an instant replay. Why isn't the world like that? I guess it's because it's technically impossible. But it's nice to dream about. You know one thing no one would ever challenge? Protecting your home and auto with Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. 
This needs to go to Parkville by three. Joy to the holiday packages that keep coming at Jimenez Couriers. Coming your way, but the drop-off location is changing. She needs delivery drivers with the gift of punctuality. Anyone looking to pick up some overtime? Anyone? Indeed can help her hire great people fast. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. We instantly connect you with quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description. Visit Indeed.com credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply. And now, the starting lineup. It's a post-weekend, so we got to give you the top three moments from the sports weekend. I'm boycotting. I mean... I am boycotting. It's like, oh, well... I might have to do the top three without the, the music here today. <laughs> I press spacebar so many and times. Now, it's time for the top three. And just, it's a Monday, I guess. On 98.9 The Game. Hey, welcome back in to the starting lineup here on 98.9 The Game, ESPN Radio. Travis Sparks hanging out with you here today. Just talked about the LeBron breaking the scoring record. Let's talk about some other local sports on the basketball hardwood. First of all, let's start off with, uh, we always start with Altamont, so let's start off with uh, Cumberland uh, last night because I think they uh, pulled off an impressive win last night. Uh, they beat uh, St. Elmo Brownstown uh, by the final of 46-45 uh, last night as uh, Cumberland got out to a uh, fantastic start. They got off to a 16-7 start, and uh, then uh, they uh, carried that over. And uh, St. Elmo kind of came back to them a little bit there in the second quarter, and uh, Cumberland did kind of bog down there and have a six-point third quarter. But ultimately, uh, Cumberland uh, pulled out the uh, one-point lead as they did just enough in the final quarter. They outscored SCB 14-12 to there in the uh, final quarter. And before I go any further, let's hear from the man who is actually there as Eric has sent in some more audio. And he sent this one in about the Cumberland game last night. So let's hear from the man who was actually there. Eric Fry here with this Cumberland Pirate report from last night. Cumberland took on St. Elmo Brownstown, and it started off great for the Pirates. They led 16-7 to after that first quarter. In fact, they led at the half 26-20. to They did not trail in that entire first half. The closest that St. Elmo got was they tied the ball game up at 2-2. But from that point on, it was all Cumberland. It looked like it would be smooth sailing. But unfortunately, St. Elmo came out in that third quarter and just has Coach said after the game had a little bit more toughness than the Pirates, and they were able to take the lead 33-32, to and then that's when things got interesting as St. Elmo took the lead late in the game. It looked like they were going to be on the way to get the victory. Cumberland missed a basket. St. Elmo brought it up, and that's when McGee poked it loose from behind, got the turnover, gave Cumberland a chance with just 4.6 seconds left, and the Pirates were able to put the ball in the basket. It was uh, Max McElravey driving to the basket, missed the layup, but Gavin Hendricks was right there for the putback, and Cumberland took the lead at that point, 46-45. to Back the other way came St. Elmo with 4.6 seconds left. They had to go the length of the floor. They did that. They had Stein open in the corner for a three, and it went in and out, and the Pirates 
survive to get a win. So Cumberland now improves to 14-12 and 12 on the season. They'll be taking on Arcola, a team they already beat once this year in the conference tournament. They'll be taking on Arcola Friday night for the final regular season home game. Let's get a look at some stats real quick. Uh, McGee and Hendricks each had 14 points for the Pirates. Jackson Bolt had 9. Max McRae added 6 points and it was Bryant Weber with a big 3 in the second half that helped keep the Pirates alive. Cumberland as a team had 25 rebounds. They did out rebound St. Elmo 25-17 to and they also won the turnover battles. It was 13-12. to St. Elmo with more turnovers. St. Elmo Brownstown by the way was led by Schaub, he had 13 points all coming in that second half behind some big threes and some big free throws, but St. Elmo did go 3 of 7 from the free throw line, and you look back on a game like this and go, ah, just those couple more free throws. But the Pirates were able to get the win in an exciting atmosphere last night up at Cumberland High School. This has been Eric Fry for your Cumberland Pirate Report. And uh, so uh, Cumberland with a, a nice win over SEB last night. And uh, Cumberland improves to 14-12 overall, heading into a, another Lincoln Prairie Conference matchup against Arcola. And uh, that will be on a Friday. And SEB falls to a 16-9 on the season. And, hey, I'll see St. Elmo on a Friday as Altamont will square off against them. So uh, SEB will try to uh, bounce back. Also, uh, Atwood, he had a 10 points in the game and that was the only other double figure score for the Eagles for SEB so SEB will try to rebound on a Friday against Altamont and then that's where we'll move to next and that's the Altamont Indians who win streak continues another dub for the Indians of Altamont and now it's a 17 a game win streak they improved to a 22 and a 3 last night and again it's all about uh, these opposing teams getting off to a better starts. Altamont spotted Neoga a 7-0 lead to begin the uh, contest as Neoga really came out with the uh, energy in front of that home Neoga crowd as it was uh, Landon Titus who got it going, hit a 3 to begin the game, and then Quentin Richards who uh, uh, had a jumper and that gave Neoga the lead 7 to nothing and Richards had it going there in the opening quarter. He had nine, and some of those were tough shots as, you know, Elam was right there in his face. But uh, Quinn Richards with a little step back and a little fadeaway jumper, and uh, that's what he was working on in the first half at least. And uh, so Altamont did eventually uh, find their uh, footing, and uh, they did eventually go back and forth in the uh, first quarter. Had four ties and three lead changes in the opening quarter, and, uh, Mason Robinson gave uh, the team a, a spark when he returned into the game. This is his second game back. He was there on Friday uh, night, and he really gave him a spark off the bench. Eight points in the first quarter for Mason, and he said when he came into the game, uh, he told uh, the guys that we are not losing this uh, game, and that's what Coach Niebuhr said on the uh, post game, and uh, he really took over, and he continued with that in the first half as well. As uh, Mason continued uh, that into the second quarter, made a couple threes, or just one three there, and he had 13 points in the uh, first half uh, there. And Quentin Richards, uh, not to be outdone for him, he had 14 in the opening half there. One of the big differences, though, for this time around for Altamont and Yoga and their rematch from the conference tournament was that Brady Reynolds was basically a non-factor this time around. He just uh, couldn't get any shots to uh, fall this time around. He did have some open looks, but 
uh, just weren't working for him uh, this time around. He did make one three in the first quarter, but that was it. Five points was it. That's all he had there. I believe Logan Cornett was uh, guarding him for the majority of the game uh, there. So uh, really, Altamont's defense really locked down on him, and they locked down in the middle quarters there on Nioga there. Ten points apiece in the second and the third as well for Nioga really kind of doomed them. In the second quarter, Altman took the lead 25-24, and they never looked back after that. Uh, Dylan Elam made a couple of threes in uh, the uh, first half. Logan Cornett ended up with eight, and Eric Coleman had a six in the first half. And then Altman really kind of put the game away and uh, got a, a comfortable lead in the uh, third quarter. And Robinson would again go on to score nine points in the quarter. He would finish with 22 on the night, and it was a 26-10 to 10, a third quarter for Altamont to go and win this one going away, 63-41. Quentin Richards did everything he could to uh, try to help Nioga, but he had 26 on the night. But unfortunately, it was not enough to uh, def- uh, to get the win. As uh, 21 points in the first quarter, but then Altamont's defense clamps down, and it was only 55 points. So Altamont goes on to win 82-55, to keeping this win streak going. And now also being 22-3, they're 5-0 and in the NTC and next up like I said is another NTC clash against St. Elmo on a Friday and Nioga they fall to 9 and 18 overall and 3 and 5 in the NTC and next up for Nioga is Tri-County on Thursday night so those are the two games that we were at let's take a look at other action from last night Charleston they won an overtime over Effingham 69 to a 61 as it was uh, Effingham uh, not starting off so well. Charleston, they got off to the 28-8 to lead in the first quarter, but then Effingham comes right back in the second, outscores them 19-6, and takes a one-point lead at the half. They had a two-point lead, did the hearts after three, and then Charleston ties it up there in the fourth, 51-all at the end of regulation, and then the Trojans outscored Effingham 18-10 in the extra session to pull off the 69-61 win. Bone Stetler led the way for Charleston. He had 16. Caleb Oakley had 15. And Tyler Oakley had a 14. Uh, Splechter led the way for FEM. He had 21. Wolf also added 14. And Donaldson was in double figures as well with 12. So now Charleston 10 and 14 overall, 5 and 6 in the are in the Apollo. And FEM falls to 10 and 18 overall, 4 and 6 in the Apollo. Hey, speaking of the NTC, that's what I was going for. St. Anthony, they defeated South Central 60-34 to as this was a rock fight early on as it was only 8-4 to lead for South Central actually after one. But then St. Anthony exploded there in this second quarter, 25-11. to And so they led by 10 points at halftime, 29-19. to And then they had a big third quarter as well, extending that lead out 47-26 to after three and finish them off in the fourth quarter. Schmidt had 21 in the night for St. Anthony to lead the way. Only guy in double figures for St. A. Weston North was right there with eight. So was Fear Day with eight as well. Dotson, 16 points for South Central in the loss. So St. Anthony now 18 and 10, a six and one in the NTC. And now South Central drops to 19 and 10 and three and four in the NTC. Dietrich, they got the win over Martinsville, 62, a duo of 47. It was Westendorf leading the way for the Maroons. He had 25. Gephardt also added 21 on the night as well. So uh, Dietrich picks up a, another a dub on the uh, season, and uh, their record improves to 13-12 uh, 
overall on the year. And also uh, in the uh, NTC team, CHBC picked up a win over Patoka last night, 62-47. Wojciech led the way for the Bobcats. He had 13. Radloff had a 13 or had 10 for CHBC as well. It was Newton picking up the win over Tolono Unity, a 71 to a 57 last night, as it was Newton getting off to uh, the uh, uh, not a great start. You know, they uh, uh, were down 18 to 13 after one quarter. They did come back in the second and third quarter. It's big third quarter and fourth quarter for Newton. 21 in the third, 25 in the fourth to finish things off for Tolono. Uh, Nichols had 25 in this one for the Eagles. Bergbauer and uh, Gear both had a uh, uh, Bergbauer had 15. Gear had uh, 13 in this one, and Beerman added eight. I didn't see Parker Wolf in the uh, scorer column, so uh, nice to see uh, that Bergbauer and uh, Beerman uh, getting in there, contributing there for Newton without uh, services of Wolf. And uh, Newton now 18 and nine on the season is only over North Clay 57 to 51. Only got off to the 19-13 lead after one, but North Clay comes back and a 12 to six second quarter has it all tied up at 25 at the half, but then only 42-37 after three, and they outscored him by a point in the fourth quarter. Did the Tigers? So uh, Hallman led the way for Olney. He had 18. Winkler had 15, and Rodman had nine. On the other side for the Cardinals, Fleener had 19. Booze and Smith both had 10 points for North Clay. Olney now improves to 19 and six on the season, and North Clay 18 and nine on the year. And it was Tatopoulos picking up the win over Casey Westfield there in uh, Casey as it was all tied up at 11 all in the uh, f- uh, first quarter. Uh, but then uh, uh, T-Town uh, takes control of it with a 12 to 5 uh, second quarter and they led a 25 to 16 at the half and then uh, they finished things off there in the second half. Uh, Seymour led the way for the shoes. He had 18. Gaddis added 12. That's the only double figure scorers for them. Uh, Casey, they were led by Jackson Parcel. He had 19. And Rhodes added 11 for the Warriors. So now T Town picks up win number 20 for Coach Reader and the shoes. Another 21 season, go figure. And another 20 and 7 now. And Casey, 14 and 8 on the uh, campaign there. There's also Robinson over North Vigo, 53-49. There's West Vigo over Paris, 54-33. And it was Taylorville picking up the win over Mattoon, 66-61. Has some other scores here that I tracked down from other area conferences that we check in on. It was Lawrenceville over Red Hills, 77-249. So Lawrenceville, 22-6 on the season. In the Apollo, it was Mount Zion clinching uh, their first Apollo Conference basketball championship for the first time since 2015 as Mount Zion improves to 25-2 overall. They beat Lincoln last night 45-34. to Hey, I see you, Braden Tribble. He was an athlete on the uh, track and field and also on the football field as well. That uh, massive block that he had just swatted away, and if it wasn't didn't hit the wall back there, it probably would have went with like three or four rows up. It was an emphatic block, but uh, Carson Cuddy led the way for the Braves. He had 15, so congratulations there to Mount Zion. They are a perfect 10-0 in the Apollo. They are clinching that Apollo title. Uh, Lincoln now is 8-2 on uh, in the Apollo and 22-5 overall. It was Muhammad over Urbana, 70-68. 
this one was uh, I had to do a double take on this one, and I went and took a look at a couple of different sources. But uh, Macon Meridian pulled off the upset last night over Tuscola by one fifty-two to fifty-one, and Macon. Now they're that's their only fifth win of the season, and Tuscola that was only their fifth loss of the season. So uh, hey, anything can happen. I guess any given night, right? In high school basketball, and that's what happened last night to Tuscola. I hope there's a game on Friday. I hope there's a buffer game because if it's not, uh, Tuscola will come in pretty angry on a Saturday against Altamont. But uh, we'll see about that one. But hey, Meridian Hawks, disappointing season, especially after last year's run. But uh, big win over Tuscola last night. St. T over Sullivan, 60-32. to St. T now 21-5 and 5-0 and 5 and in the Central Illinois. Clinton, they're having a great season, 21-6 and 6 now after they beat Warrensburg-Latham, 59-231. They're also 4-1 in the Central Illinois. Shelbyville over Central A&M, 61-42. It was Greenville. They are still undefeated in the South Central Conference. They got a win over Pena, 66-59. Staunton over Hillsborough, 61-51. Pius Oliver Vandalia by 7, 57 to 2 of 50. And it was North Mac over Carlinville, 60 to 47. Gillespie over Litchfield, 69-64. Decatur LSA still undefeated as they blew out Villa Grove, 72 to 48. So now LSA 24-0 and 7-0 in the Lincoln Prairie. Sebastian Hill led the way for the Lions, 23 points for him and uh, Decatur LSA, only undefeated team left in the state of Illinois. As on Friday night, Chrysler Rock, they have fell in their first game of the season. So Decatur LSA stands alone in the state of Illinois. We'll see where they rank in the polls uh, later on. I think they come out later today. So uh, we'll see where they stack up in 1A if it's Altamont or them, number one. Oka Valley over Blue Ridge, 58-35. to Argenta over Arcola, 51-50. to Argenta now 5-2 in the Lincoln Prairie. It was Sarah Gordo, they're 5-2 in the Lincoln Prairie. They went over Heritage, 54-30. And it was Arthur over Tri-County, 66-55. In one game in girls basketball last night, it was Weber Township, 46-39. And Brummer led the way for Dietrich. She had 13. Britton added 8 in uh, that one. All right, that was it uh, from uh, last night. Uh, let's take a look at uh, the uh, schedule for uh, tonight in the way of local sports. Only a few games on the uh, docket uh, for uh, this evening in uh, girls basketball. It's FEM traveling to Olney, North Clay hosting Lawrenceville, and Brownstown uh, St. Elmo's against CHBC uh, there. I wanted to mention that last game for uh, North Clay on a Saturday, uh, my Ballard uh, with 1,000 points in her career there. So congratulations to her, and we'll see her on a Saturday when it's North Clay versus Altamont in the regionals there to kick off the postseason. But Altamont's got one more game against Paris in the regular season tomorrow night. So uh, we'll see what happens uh, there. All right, uh, let's uh, go back and uh, let's uh, see what happened in the NBA last night. That was not named LeBron, so that's what I'm talking about coming up next. And also, you want to stick around on the other side of the break I got a story out of Oklahoma in high school basketball that you'll definitely want to hear. So stick around for that when I return here on the starting lineup. The starting lineup from 98.9 The Game Studios. We'll be right back. I'm probably okay to have one more drink before I drive home. I'm probably okay. I open the window to stay alert. Probably okay, I just popped some gum in my mouth. Step out of the car, please. I probably made a mistake. 
probably okay isn't okay when it comes to drinking and driving. If you see a warning sign, stop and call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzzed driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. Imagine the possibilities with the Topless State Bank. This is Justin Naders. If you're buying a home, see us to get pre-qualified. When you're pre-qualified, the seller knows you mean business, and that can save you thousands. If you're building a new home, we'll help you get started with a construction loan customized just for you. Ask around. Talk to your friends. You'll see why so many homes start with a little help from Teutopolis State Bank. And Teutopolis, Sigel, and Effingham. Equal housing lender and member FDIC. Did you know that kids can eat for free at Niemerg's? That's right. Tuesdays in our coffee shop and Wednesdays in the dining room, kids eat for free. Wednesday evenings after basketball, my family can often be found in Niemerg's dining room, where my son Trenton enjoys chicken fingers, Logan enjoys a kid's catfish, and Dylan eats a hot cake, all in addition to enjoying our huge salad bar, especially the chips and cheese. Niemerg's is proud to be FDM's choice for family dining. Individual rates, coverage offerings, and savings may vary. Subject to terms and conditions. Not available in all areas. Actual Pi customer. As a small business, we're always looking for ways that we can offer the quality product and get some cost savings. Meet Michelle from J.J. Fister Distilling Company, a small business in California. When looking for workers' comp coverage tailored to the company's needs, she discovered Pi Insurance. We heard about Pi Insurance being geared for a small business, gave Pi a call, and ended up switching. Is your small business overpaying for workers' comp insurance? See how much you can save at IWantPi.com. Plus, with pay-as-you-go billing, your premium is based on your actual payroll, which means no additional bill if your business grows. We saved about 30% off of our workers' comp insurance when we switched to Pi. It's as easy as Pi to get the savings you deserve. Ask your agent for Pi or get a quote in three minutes at IWantPi.com. That's IWantPie.com. And now, you go from 72 in a sunny in Atlanta and then uh, 48 degrees in Minnesota uh, for this one They're with indoors. the Tigers. Okay. They're not indoors. Oh, not anymore. Never mind. <laughs> that has long since been imploded. The starting lineup. Uh, and it's also a Shohei Otani day as yep. he's on the mound against the Guardians. We'll be uh, looking in on a Shohei yep. uh, later Shohei, in the night. Shohei, Shohei, Shohei. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what that was. It's a chant that they do at like soccer games. Oh, Olay, Olay, Olay! But you kind of were off a little bit. I there. was trying to fit Shohei in there, but it's very hard. It doesn't uh, quite go with the beat. No. I tried though. It really doesn't. You, you tried. Another team that tried last night was the Hawks. On ninety-eight-nine, the game. Shohei. Travis Sparks, either sports center update. The Bulls had a nightmare fourth quarter during their 104-89 loss to the Grizzlies at FedEx Forum last night. The Bulls entered the final frame with a three-point lead before being outscored 32-14. Ouch in the loss. Demir DeRozan missed the contest due to a hip injury. The Bulls are now in ninth place in the Eastern Conference. They visit Brooklyn 
tomorrow night. Hey, uh, speaking of uh, Brooklyn, Kevin Durant is looking for some answers regarding the direction of the Nets franchise. In the aftermath of the Kyrie Irving trade, uh, Durant has been engaged in conversations with the owner Jim Tyce and uh, general manager Sean Marks on the direction of the franchise and its ability to be a championship contender. According to ESPN, Brooklyn has insisted to Durant in acquiring to teams that the organization has no intention of moving him prior to the Thursday afternoon trade deadline. Blackhawks fall to the Anaheim Ducks as they begin the second half of the NHL season with a 3-2 overtime loss against Anaheim as Seth Jones each lit the lamp in the losing effort. Chicago picked up a point but remains in last place in the Central Division with 35 points. Blackhawks host Arizona Friday. The Colts might be narrowing in on hiring a new head coach. Jim Irsay wrote on Twitter that the team remained days away from selecting their next head coach for Indianapolis. And uh, welcome back in to the starting lineup here on 98.9. Travis Sparks here flying solo here today. Uh, let's give you a C-plus on that uh, Sports Center read right there today. Uh, I mean, I would hope so after all these uh, dang interviews that the Colts have thrown out there. So uh, I hope they're narrowing in on their next head coach, but I guess we'll see who they decide on. It's just going to be Jeff Saturday after all this. Watch it be that. Hey, so I teased it after the uh, before I went to break there. Um, so this is a story at a high school basketball in the state of Oklahoma. As uh, there's a team named the uh, Weatherford Eagles, and they are played in Weatherford, Oklahoma. And uh, if you think there's some defensive struggles and you think there's some low-scoring affairs in Illinois high school basketball with no shot clock. Well, how about this score out of Oklahoma? It was, um, let's see. I just lost it. The uh, Weatherford defeating uh, uh, Anadarko 4-2. to two. That's right. The final score in a legitimate basketball game was 4-2. to two, As apparently Anadarko was the uh, underdog in this situation. Weatherford at the time was 18-1 and one on the season. And Anadarko played the stall offense and held the ball for the majority of the game. Weatherford only had a 2 to nothing lead at halftime. And Anadarko didn't even score until the fourth quarter. And they held on to the ball in the final seconds to try to make a 3 for the win. Can you imagine how upset would you be if you were the Weatherford head coach? if they just held on to the ball and then they made a lucky three uh, there to be. So I don't know. I'd be interested to see uh, some opinions from the coaches around the area about that score of 4-2. to two. Obviously with that score and people playing the stall offense, Oklahoma does not have a shot clock. And that also could be, I'm not saying that these two kind of went into business for themselves, but it's kind of is a wake-up call for Oklahoma to say, hey, you know, you don't want this to happen. You want you don't want this four to two score. Well, <laughs> put a shot clock in. And I know that's uh, I looked it up, and there's been some heavy debate in the state of Oklahoma there. But how about that for a game of a high school basketball game of a boys basketball game at that four to two was the final score. Weatherford over Anna Darko in Oklahoma. I saw that this morning, so thought that was an interesting conversation to uh, bring up. And like I said, I might have to get some opinions on some high school coaches about that. Like, what would you do in that situation if you were a Weatherford in that situation and Anna Darko just holding on to the basketball uh, there? You go out there and pressure them, get the five, try to get the five second uh, count on them. I don't know, but 
that was interesting to me. Uh, last night in the NBA, not LeBron related. Knicks, uh, they beat the Magic 102-98. Suns over the uh, Nets 116-112. Did the Suns go there to a little recruitment trip for KD, even though I said in that sports center hit that uh, uh, the Nets, unsurprisingly, have no intention of getting uh, rid of KD. Uh, Pelicans 116 uh, over the Hawks, so uh, 107. Uh, the Nuggets beat the uh, Timberwolves 146 to 112. Just another night in the association for the Joker. 20 points, 12 rebounds, 16 assists for his 19th triple-double this season. <laughs> I said it's ludicrous to have this LeBron-MJ debate debate. That's ludicrous right there. 19 triple-doubles for the Joker. That is insane. Uh, games going on uh, tonight, uh, Pistons-Cavs, Hornets-Wizards, 76ers-Celtics, Pacers-Heat, Spurs-Raptors, Kings-Rockets, T-Wolves-Jazz, Mavs-Clippers, Warriors-Trailblazers, a doubleheader on ESPN tonight is 76ers-Celtics, and a Mavericks and a Clippers, potentially a Kyrie Irving with his uh, debut uh, tonight in a Mavericks uniform. He also was in practice the other day. He could make his debut tonight against the Clips, so... That's a look at what the NBA. Let's take a look at what happened in college basketball last night to uh, close out the show. The starting lineup from 98.9 The Game Studios. We'll be right back. Winter storms create a higher risk of car accidents, hypothermia, frostbite, carbon monoxide poisoning, and heart attacks from overexertion. Winter storms, including blizzards, can bring extreme cold, freezing rain, snow, ice, and high winds. These storms can last a few hours or several days. Winter weather can cut off heat, power, and communication services for undetermined periods of time. Prepare now for what this winter may bring. This is Sergeant Jared Purcell of the FEM Police Department, wishing all of our area residents a safe and happy winter season. You shouldn't let financial concerns spoil your retirement, and you shouldn't have to worry about what you'll leave for your family after you're gone. If you set up a tax-free inheritance for your loved ones with single premium whole life insurance, you can drop your worries and enjoy your retirement. Contact your local Pekin Insurance agent to request a single premium whole life quote. And in Effingham, call Tingley Insurance at 217-342-3637 and we'll go beyond the expected for you. Auto Parts provides more than just the right parts for your repair. Our professional parts people can also offer free check engine light diagnosis. We can scan your vehicle and provide a list of possible fixes. Find the right parts for you or recommend a great local repair shop. Don't ignore your check engine light. Stop by your local O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. The football playoffs are here, and nothing beats seeing your favorite team live. Not only does Vivid Seats have great NFL ticket prices, they're also the official ticketing partner of ESPN. And with Vivid Seats rewards, when you buy 10 tickets, you get the 11th free. Download the app or visit vividseats.com today. Vivid Seats. Life happens live. Receive reward credit equal to the average price of the 10 tickets purchased, excluding taxes, fees, and processing costs. See vividseats.com rewards for terms and conditions. And now, the starting lineup. Hello. 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 Welcome in. Welcome back to the starting lineup. 98.9 The Game. 
Hey, Travis, the Olympics are over and done with, so maybe we need to get rid of this uh, music bed. On 98.9 The Game. Back in to the uh, starting lineup here on 98.9. Hey, I'm only here on 98.9 for just a little bit longer. Let's take a look at what happened in college basketball uh, last night. First up in a top 25 action from uh, last night, it was uh, the Virginia Cavaliers getting the win over NC State. So the Wolfpack just jumped into the top 25, so they'll probably fall immediately right back out. They lost 63 to 50 did NC State. Uh, it was a UConn over Marquette, 87 to 72. So uh, number 10 goes down in uh, college uh, basketball. And it was uh, Kansas State getting the win over uh, 17 at TCU, 82 to uh, 61. And Indiana, they escaped last night. They escape Rutgers as it was close one at the half. Indiana led by three, but then uh, they beat Rutgers last night, 66 to uh, 60. And uh, Trace Jackson Davis goes for 20 points, 18 rebounds, and uh, he also has 2,000 career points as well. And he did that with an emphatic dunk. So, uh, congratulations to uh, Trace Jackson Davis for sticking around as well. Nobody really sticks around in college anymore to get even to even eclipse that mark of 2,000 uh, career points. As much as we dog on Indiana, just kind of having fun with the rivalry and whatnot, but. Uh, still a big accomplishment uh, there in Indiana now uh, 17 and 7 on the season. They're 13 and 1 there at the other assembly hall. Other games in the Big Ten last night uh, was Michigan State beating Maryland 63-58 as uh, they hold on for the victory does party. And, of course, Minnesota and Illinois was supposed to happen last night. But we already talked about that from yesterday about it got postponed due to uh, COVID-19 and uh, injuries within the Gopher program. And it's going to be made up on uh, Monday, February 20th. Uh, there. So uh, let's take a look at what's happening in uh, college basketball uh, for uh, this evening. Uh, first up in uh, top 25 action, uh, we got number 23, Creighton against Seton Hall. Number 6, Tennessee against Vanderbilt. 11, Iowa State against West Virginia. Tulsa is at number 2, Houston. Georgetown is at 20, Providence. Florida is at number 3, Alabama. Oklahoma is at number 14, Baylor. And number 25, San Diego State, is against Utah State. And in the Big Ten uh, tonight, we have uh, Nebraska squaring off with uh, Michigan and Wisconsin uh, squaring off against uh, Penn State in the league tonight. There, and of course, we have all those teams clumped up there in the Big Ten at 7-5. and five. Michigan, of course, is a part of that. Hey, thanks to uh, Sparty for uh, beating Maryland. But again, now Maryland 7-6 and six in the Big Ten. And uh, Sparty also 7-6 and six in the Big Ten. So uh, right now you got uh, uh, Iowa, Michigan, Northwestern, and uh, Illinois all at 7-5. and five. And uh, last night due to that big win for Indiana, that puts them on uh, tied for second place. But I guess you could give them the head-to-head edge as uh, both them and Rutgers were eight and five, are 8-5 and five now in the Big Ten, only trailing Purdue uh, there. They still have a three-game cushion between Indiana and Rutgers for the Big Ten lead. And 
Uh, Purdue's been 11 and two in the Big Ten this year, and they lost to both of those teams. I believe their first loss was to Rutgers uh, there, and of course Indiana just got done beating them. So uh, that's a look at what happened in uh, college basketball last night. And coming up in the pod, I'll take a look at what happened in the NHL last night. I talked about that. Uh, I saw something on uh, social media about MLB possibly uh, going away with divisions or going away with the AL and NL if there was a exp- expansion talk. So uh, I'll hit up on that and I'll continue with Eric's countdown of the top 75 greatest moments in NASCAR according to Eric as we count down to Daytona so uh, that's all coming up in the pod and catch me there and coming up next here on ESPN radio is Fitz and Harry so enjoy and we will talk to you tomorrow thanks for listening to the starting lineup on 98.9 the game Welcome in. Uh, welcome back to the starting lineup. Welcome into overtime of the uh, starting lineup. Travis Sparks still hanging out with you solo here today, but I do have Eric's uh, countdown and continuing, though. He did send in some more audio for me to continue with the uh, top 75 moments in NASCAR history, according to Eric Fry, counting down to a Daytona. And we'll get to those here in just a little bit. But also want to hit up on some NHL as we're post-All-Star break. So wanted to hit up on what action happened last night. And also hit up on a topic that I didn't expect to get into today. But I did see it on Twitter. So I thought that I'd throw it out there into the universe there about, you know, there are some talks about some Major League Baseball expanding into new cities and so uh, what would that exactly look like? And according to uh, an athletic writer, uh, would uh, alter the American League and National Leagues as we know it. And uh, this proposal would uh, completely throw everything into chaos. The divisions would be no more that you know of. The American League, National League that you know of would be no more. So definitely wanted to uh, see what that would look like according to uh, this one writer's proposal there about possible uh, expansion for Major League Baseball. I know that's been kind of a topic of conversation and did see that the other day they had some photos on MLB uh, Twitter account uh, explaining the rules, the new rule changes for pitch clock and uh, what exactly the shift would look like drawing that imaginary line uh, through the diamond and also uh, kind of taking a look at the uh, bases, just how big or that they are going to be and it's kind of uh, jarring to see in picture form but uh, that's what I'll hit up on uh, coming up here in uh, just a little bit. But let's clean up some Sports Center that I didn't get to. I did touch on uh, that uh, Durant news, but uh, I wanted to uh, finish with uh, kind of reiterating that according to ESPN, Brooklyn has insisted to Durant and inquiring teams that, that the organization has no intention of moving in prior to the trade deadline. KD has three more years, and this is the big one. $153 million left on his contract after this season. So a lot of salary to be moving people left and right, getting into the luxury tax for teams if they want to acquire that contract. So it's going to be very difficult to move KD. Hey, speaking of KD's former teammate, Kyrie. 
yeah, quite the press conference uh, the other day uh, being introduced or kind of after practice there in Dallas. Uh, Kyrie is voicing his concerns about his time spent in Brooklyn. Dallas Mavericks new guard said Tuesday that he felt very disrespected at times during his tenure with the Nets. Irving said that he wants to be uh, somewhere that he's celebrated and not just tolerated. I wonder why you're just tolerated there at Brooklyn. The Nets agreed to trade the 30-year-old along with Markeith Morris to the Mavs in exchange for Spencer Didwitty, Doran Finney-Smith, and an unprotected 2029 first-round pick and two second-round picks on Sunday. Irving is expected to make his debut with the Mavs tonight in L.A. against the uh, Clippers. And he also did say some other, uh, I don't say, intriguing things, I guess, in the conference about uh, doing everything that he possibly could. Uh, you did everything you possibly could, Kyrie, really. Yeah, you did everything to climb uh, Brooklyn to fourth place. That's what you were brought to Brooklyn to do with KD is bring him to fourth place. All right. And he said something about uh, never disrespected his teammates or something like that or always put his teammates first. Ha! <laughs> uh, this guy is, is laughable. Stephen A. Smith had a good take on first take this morning about the whole Kyrie situation and Man, the other day on first take, him and Jay Will, I thought they were going to go at it, and I would be shocked to see Jay Will on uh, first take anymore after that little uh, tension that they were having on, on first take the other day. But, hey, they're out in Arizona with the Super Bowl coverage, uh, so I doubt Jay Williams would be involved in the show very much at all uh, this week in a very LeBron-centric start of the show uh, there uh, this morning with uh, J.J. Redick there. Uh, hey, this guy, Aaron Rodgers, well, he is contemplating his future. He's going on another retreat, eh? and this one's pretty dark. An absence of light will apparently help the Packers star quarterback make a decision on his football future. Aaron Rodgers joined his best friend Pat McAfee on the Pat McAfee Show on Tuesday and said he'll go on a four-day, quote-unquote, darkness retreat following uh, the big game. The quarterback was asked if he is considering retirement, which he responded, for sure. It's a real 100% thing. He later on went on to say, I've got a I've got a pretty cool opportunity to do a little self-reflection in, uh, in some isolation. And then after that, I feel like I'll be a lot closer to a final final decision. The 39-year-old will have no contact with the outside world while he sits in a small house alone in the dark. My goodness, what measures these people will do these days to uh, contemplate your future. Uh, Rodgers is entering his second year of a $150 million contract extension with Green Bay and acknowledged he would need to rework his deal if traded to another team. The Jets and Raiders are rumored to be interested in the Super Bowl winning quarterback and MVP winning quarterback as well. So how about that darkness retreat? Sitting in a house for four days in isolation. I hope after that the decision is clear and we get some 100% answers uh, from, from A-Rod uh, there. So good luck with him on that. Uh, speaking of a, a former Raiders quarterback, Derek Carr is preparing for a change of scenery. The NFL Network is reporting that the longtime Raiders QB has granted permission by Vegas to meet with the New Orleans Saints. The plan is for Carr to meet with the Saints on Wednesday. There could be a rekindling of a former coach-quarterback combo as Dennis Allen was the head coach of the Raiders when Carr was drafted in 2014. The 31-year-old QB has a no-trade clause in his contract and reportedly no trade is intimate without his 
approval. Carr has thrown for over 35,000 yards, 217 touchdowns through his nine-year career. He was benched for the final two games of this past season for Jared Stidham. 49ers, uh, they are uh, finding their replacement for D'Amico Ryan's ESPN reports. San Francisco is hiring Steve Wilkes as the team's new defensive coordinator. Wilkes was most recently the interim coach of the Panthers after Matt Rules fired five games into the season. The 53-year-old Wilkes has been hired as the Panthers' defensive passing coordinator and a secondary coach. The 49ers is what that meant to say. as a little typo there in the Sports Center. Wilkes will replace Ryans who left to, to take the head coaching gig of the Houston Texans. And finally, uh, the uh, Tennessee Titans are hiring a new offensive coordinator from within the organization. Uh, Tennessee announced on Tuesday that Tim Kelly has been promoted to the OC. Kelly was the passing game coordinator for the team last season and was the offensive coordinator for the Texans back in 2019, so quite a resume. Uh, He joined Houston in 2014 as the offensive assistant and rose to the coaching ranks. As a result, Kelly's promotion to the Titans named former uh, Falcons quarterback coach Charles London as the new pass game coordinator. The team also hired Chris Harris as defensive pass game coordinator. He was a cornerback coach for the Commanders over the past three seasons. And that is your support center there. It's head coaching news and or not head coaching news, but just coaching news. And uh, Jim Ayers said that the Colts are close to hiring a new head coach. So we'll see if uh, when Jeff Saturday will be announced as the new head coach. Uh, let's take a look at the uh, NHL from last night. He's uh, starting to get in full swing of the second half. Uh, the Penguins, they beat the Avalanche in overtime, a 2-1. Low-scoring affair there in hockey. Uh, Latang gets the uh, game winner in OT for Pittsburgh. Also in overtime, it was the Sharks over the Lightning, of 4-3. to It was Edmonton winning over uh, the Red Wings, 5-2. to uh, the Islanders shut out the Kraken, uh, four to nothing. Uh, uh, Sorokin, 32 saves, perfect 32 for 32 last night. It was the Golden Knights, five to one against the uh, Predators, and it was also another overtime game, uh, as I mentioned in Sports Center. The Ducks winning over the Blackhawks, three to two. Let's take a look at the action for tonight. The only two games on are the Canucks, Rangers, and Wild Stars. And the Wild and Stars are on the uh, matchup on TNT this evening there. Take a quick look at the uh, standings. Only a couple of games into the um, post-All-Star break. Uh, Boston still sitting on top, 83 points in the Eastern Conference. Just running away from everybody. The next closest person is Carolina with 76 points. Uh, you also got uh, Toronto there with 70 points, uh, third you got the, the uh, uh, Devils in third place or fourth place as well with 70 points. Uh, Tampa Bay, 66 points, and the Rangers with 64. If the season ended today, currently the two old guard members of the uh, uh, league, uh, Vechkin and the Capitals, would be the first wild card spot, and they have 60 points. And uh, the Penguins, the other veteran stalwart of the All-Star game, this past uh, weekend, the Penguins, they would be the second wild card right now. They're currently tied, though, with the Islanders with 59 points. But uh, the Islanders have two more uh, wins on the resume. They're 27 and 22. But Pittsburgh has a 25, 16, and 9 
uh, record in nine overtime losses for Pittsburgh. So uh, they have more points in that department in that sense. And uh, it's funny that they both have a plus nine goal differential as well. And um, they're in the Eastern Conference, uh, Buffalo. They kind of were on to a nice start, but they're kind of fading a little bit. Uh, Florida, they're kind of a disappointment this season, way on the outside looking in, only 56 points this season. Uh, the Blue Jackets, I think, are considered one of the more disappointing teams. Last place right now, 34 in the Eastern Conference. Over on the Western Conference side, uh, leading the way in uh, the uh, that one is Dallas actually is in first place overall. Uh, if the season ended today, they would be the number one seed. Uh, number two seed would be the Jets. They have 65 points. Vegas would be three with 64 points. Uh, we also have the Kraken and Kings, both with 63 points. And the Wild would have 58 points, the uh, last remaining uh, spot there. And the Wild Cards would be Edmonton and Colorado, just how you expected things, right? Edmonton with 62 points. And Colorado, they've slowly climbing into it. They've been uh, banged up a little bit, and uh, they're clinging to that uh, spot, 58. But also, the Flames are right there. They have 58. The Predators, they're right there with 54. Blues is the next closest team to the Preds, 49 points. But a lot of work left to be done and a lot of contemplating for the Blues organization to see if they're finally going to sell off uh Tarasenko, if they're going to get rid of uh, O'Reilly, those are two of the guys that were on the chopping block because they're going to be our free agents at the end of this season. So if you trade them, then you would get something out of them. I probably would say that they would let O'Reilly walk more than uh, trade him because, I mean, my gosh, we totally won that trade with uh, his previous team, Buffalo. Like He was one of the, the leaders of the, the team when we won the Cup in 2019. But... Um, I would just kind of hold on to him. I wouldn't trade him at all, but uh, Tarasenko is a different story. Possibly uh, get some assets uh, for him, and it's been talked about for a while. I don't know. It's been pretty unhappy the last couple of seasons. Minus 29 gold differential for the Blues, 3-7 and seven in their last 10, and they're riding a five-game losing streak to uh, close out the first half of the season. So it's just been uh, bad sledding uh, for the Blues this season all right uh, let's uh, take a look at uh, some uh, conference realignment some league realignment speaking of um, expansion teams we had uh, Vegas get in there we had the Kraken get in there well uh, MLB is also uh, throwing around the possibility of expanding to uh, different cities and currently right now in MLB they have 30 teams and a 15 for 15 for each league well, if uh, there would be some expansion, like there has been some talks. I know Charlotte has been uh, talked about uh, getting a franchise. Vegas, of course. But Vegas, there could be not an expansion team, but uh, Oakland would obviously uh, be the leading contender to move to Vegas. So instead of just being an expansion franchise, they would basically do what they did with the Raiders. And also Nashville has been kicked around for if uh, MLB would expand to a a different city that would be one of the leading candidates there so so that means if two more teams were added let's say Oakland does eventually move to Vegas I don't think this would be uh, this would affect this proposal here from Jim Bowden in his name he's a, a writer for the athletic and he uh, proposed that 
just scrap the American League and National League, basically. And if two expansion teams were added to MLB like what baseball wants, then uh, there would be 16 teams on each side. But you throw out the American League and National League with this proposal, just thought that I'd bring it up and I'd want to get Eric's two cents on this and maybe uh, all your two cents as well. I don't necessarily like this proposal. I don't like just throwing out the idea of American League, National League, especially baseball stuck in their ways, man. We talk about it all the time. They don't even want to get rid of the shift, the pitch clock, the automatic strike zone, and now you're telling them, and the automatic DH, and now you're telling them to get rid of the American League and National Leagues? Come on now. You think baseball is going to do this? But I don't think it's going to happen, but it's kind of a fun little topic of conversation uh, here, and it's a better conversation today than uh, who's the GOAT, LeBron or MJ, there in my opinion today. Uh, but according to this uh, Jim Bowden's uh, proposed realignment, Charlotte and Nashville would be the two expansion teams. And instead of the American League and National Leagues be split up, they would kind of be uh, intermingled with each other. And the uh, two kind of, I don't even say you would say leagues, but there would be eight divisions here in this proposed realignment here. Take a look at some of these divisions in this uh, proposed realignment. In the Pacific Coast League, or the Pacific Coast division would be the Rockies, A's, Mariners, Giants. So, okay, you got two from the NL West, two from the AL West. Okay, that makes a little sense. And, uh, man, Seattle, that's uh, good for them, right, especially with the young core that they have in the Western division. Basically, it's everyone besides the Rockies and Giants from the West. It's the Diamondbacks, Dodgers, Padres, and the Angels will also be added as well. So how about that heavyweight matchup in that division? You'd have Shohei Otani against the Dodgers, but who knows if Otani is going to stay in Los Angeles uh, there. And, of course, uh, the Padres as well, making moves and splashes and whatnot and making predictions and Fernando Tatis up there on the board making the predictions that they are going to win the whole thing. I'll see about that there, Fernando. Um, and in the East Division, it would be the Red Sox, Phillies, and the Mets and Yankees. So how about that? The Red Sox facing off against two New York teams uh, there. And also some of this uh, realignment causes some new like geographical rivalries could be uh, made up. So, you know, Red Sox, Mets, they don't have the, the history because they've always been on opposite leagues. So uh, maybe you'd kick up some uh, rivalry rapport with them in the north i think this is kind of funny uh the reds guardians tigers blue jays would be the north division so i don't really consider the reds or the guardians in ohio north but uh, hey i guess you gotta stick them somewhere and this one this division's ugly right here mid-atlantic you got a baltimore pittsburgh washington and then the expansion franchise of charlotte Oh, I mean, Baltimore hopefully is a young team on the uptick, but Pirates down, Washington down, and then Charlotte, I mean, depending on how the expansion draft, we saw how the NHL did it with Vegas and uh, the Kraken. Vegas were stacked, Kraken were not, even though they've turned it around this season, but uh, I don't really love that division at all from a baseball perspective, and uh, since that, that's uh, some ugly baseball right there. Uh, Southeast Division would be the Braves, Marlins, Rays, and the Nashville Expansion Franchise. So 
all those kind of geographically make sense a little bit. But these are the two divisions that we care about around here. Midwest division would be Milwaukee, Minnesota, and the two Chicago's, the Cubs and the White Sox. How about that? Divisional battle possibly in this conference uh, realignment there. That's also oh, might be a slam dunk for the Brewers or Twins, depending on how the Cubs uh, rebuild uh, happens. I don't really love that one division either, but that kind of makes sense. Uh, not a lot of travel involved in that one. In the Southwest Division, that's where we see the Cardinals because they're joined with the Astros, Royals, and Rangers. I'm okay with that. We only have to beat the Astros, and uh, that used to be a rivalry in the uh, NL Central, so I'd be totally all right uh, with that. And the Royals, they've been down. The Ragers, they might turn it around, but until their sustained success, I don't know if I'm exactly scared of the Rangers. They didn't work out with uh, Simeon or Seager. We'll have to see what uh, DeGrom does there, does there in Texas. But I'd, I'd be okay with that division and the Southwest Division with the Strohs, Royals, and Rangers. So... That's just uh, some uh, fun uh, fodder to uh, kick around and think about. I don't think this w would happen. I think that they would stick with the NL and the AL. If they do expand the to two franchises, particularly I think Nashville is a slam dunk to be an expansion franchise location, uh, I think that they would unfortunately uh, be put in the American League. Hey, just no more room in the National League because if Charlotte was put in uh, expansion franchise location. I think they would be put in uh, the National League. But, I mean, I guess we'd have to see. Uh, maybe, maybe I'm completely off base. Maybe you flip that around. It would maybe possibly make more sense. But where do you throw them in uh, their respective divisions there if that happens? But uh, that's a little fun. Jim Bowden's uh, proposed realignment for MLB in it's no guarantee that they're going to expand into Nashville or Charlotte for that matter. But just a little fun uh, thing to take a look at and possibility of uh, some MLB realignment. All right, uh, so uh, let's get to uh, NASCAR. Let's get to Eric's NASCAR countdown. He sent in uh, some audio, uh, some more moments here. Top five moments here. Top 75 moments counting down to uh, Daytona, and here is Eric's five that he has for us today. Travis, you may have thought so, but I'm not going to let a day go by without us doing our NASCAR countdown. Again, we are now in the top 40, so we're going to start off number 39 this trip. It'll be Rusty Wallace's 1993 Daytona 500 flip. Look up a clip of this. People thought he died in the accident. Very violent. Ripped the car completely apart, and a lot of people were very concerned about the safety of Rusty Wallace after this race, and he was totally fine. Ended up being okay. Okay, but it was a very scary, scary incident. Next, number 38, we have another scary incident, and that's the death of Davey Allison back in 1993. Davey Allison had a great year. 92 was one of those guys competing with the uh, with Alan Kowicki for that championship we talked about a couple of days ago, and unfortunately it was a helicopter crash that did him in. Yes, both Davey Allison and Alan Kowicki passed away via helicopter crash within about a month's time from each other, and it was a very tragic time. 1993, helicopters were not great for NASCAR as it did a lot of uh, a damage to the future of the sport. And a lot of people say Dale Earnhardt gets nowhere near seven. Jeff Gordon probably doesn't get championships he gets if Davey Allison is still alive and racing. 
Next, we go to 2004 for number 37, and that's Jeremy Mayfield creating the, the phrase of Mayfielding it, and that is when you walk off to win in the playoffs. Basically, Jeremy Mayfield had no shot. He, his only shot of winning was to win to get in the playoffs was to win the Richmond cutoff race. Now, this is before the playoffs are what they are to now. Now, when you win and you're in, this was on points, and the only way you could get in is he had to lead laps and get the win. Now, he hadn't won all year long, but he was able to win this race at Richmond, and they called it pulling a Mayfield for a couple of years when you kind of walked off. Now, it's kind of gone away because of the new playoff format, basically any win and you're in, but at the time, it was known as pulling pulling a Mayfield if you won in the final race to get yourself into the playoffs. Next, number 36, it was the duel at Daytona between Martin Truex Jr. and Denny Hamlin. I believe the year was 2019 Daytona 500 as it was Hamlin and Truex coming to the line for the uh, Daytona 500 win. It wasn't Truex to start with. It was uh, Matt Kenseth, and, uh, you know, it was... Matt Kenseth was the one who had the advantage. He was in the lead, and Denny Hamlin came up on the outside, just full head of steam. No one could stop him. The outside hadn't worked all year long. This is back in 2016, pardon, and the outside didn't work. Matt Kenseth went up to block Denny Hamlin. Hamlin went low, and then it was Truex and uh, Denny Hamlin coming into the closest finish in Daytona 500 history. It was inches. It was literally inches inches that Denny Hamlin got the win over Martin Truex. Uh, again, go look that up. It is the closest finish in Daytona 500 history. Um, it, it was just a couple inches. It's all it took to get the win there for Denny Hamlin. And the final one on these five is going to be one hot night. And basically that was the all-star race in Charlotte. I believe it was 92 if my memory serves me right, it was the first all-star race under the lights. It was uh, Dale Earnhardt was up there competing at the uh, end of the race with uh, Kyle Petty, and it was everyone thought it was going to be either Earnhardt or uh, Kyle Petty who got the win, and coming down to the, the final lap or so, it was... Uh, Earnhardt led, Petty was second, Davey Allison was third. Down the backstretch, Petty took a run at Earnhardt. Earnhardt forced Petty down the, onto the apron, and going into three, both Earnhardt and Petty were too low, going full speed. Earnhardt then hit the corner, lost control, spun out. Petty was, had to check up because Earnhardt was uh, in front of him, and everyone thought Petty was going to win it, but Allison pulled to the inside of Petty. The middle of the trial had the momentum. Petty and Allison then touched twice before Allison inched ahead at the checkered line and actually spun across the line. The two then crashed with Allison's Ford uh, sparking wildly after hitting the front stretch wall. Um, Allison, who was momentarily knocked unconscious, was removed from the car via the jaws of life, and he was airlifted to the Carolina Medical Center where he remained for two days because of a broken collarbone and bruises all over his body. The helicopter buzzed victory lane where Allison's team accepted the trophy and the $200,000 check on his behalf. Allison quipped while lying in his hospital room, this is the darndest victory lane I've ever been in. I guess the good news is I won $300,000, but the bad news is most of that will go towards the hospital bills. So there you go. It was one hot night. It was the first time being run under the lights there for the Winston All-Star Race, and it was a very memorable moment. And that is our five moments to look at for today. 
matter what, we will keep on track of this. And coming up, we got some controversy tomorrow, as well as a fight and another huge, huge accident. We'll tell you more about that coming up tomorrow here on our NASCAR 75 Moments to celebrate 75 years. 75 moments, 75 years, according to Eric Fry uh, there. So uh, nice moments and nice uh, five there from Eric today coming in uh, strong. And, of course, you know, no matter what, if we're here or not, if he's here in studio or not, we continue on the countdown. We can't miss a day. We did bunch it in uh, with uh, missing a day uh, the first time around. I think we did 10 to begin the countdown, but. Uh, no more days off for the uh, countdown in a NASCAR, so we'll keep this thing going. But uh, we will not keep this thing going because I'm calling it for a day. I think I've uh, gibbered on uh, too uh, much today, so uh, I will let y'all go. Thanks for hanging out with me for uh, the past hour or so. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. Have a great rest of your day. Evening, afternoon, whatever. Have a good one. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Peace out.